Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. I'm so grateful that you could stop for a moment and join with us as we take a look at the book. What we're going to be focusing on today is The Passion and Prophecy. Now, The Passion, of course, is the death, burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Passion Week itself, starting with Jesus and his disciples coming into Jerusalem before he would be crucified about a week later, he arrived there on the Sabbath, or at least before the Sabbath on Friday, and then many events unfold. You need to understand what happened that week because it plays a key role in understanding Bible prophecy. From my five-hour audio series, The Passion and Prophecy, we're going to be looking and focusing on the Song of Songs. You might refer to that book in the Bible as the Song of Solomon. Solomon did write the book, and it is the Holy of Holies as far as the Jewish people are concerned. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, If you would like to study with us, we'll do that, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen to the study, The Song of Songs. Look at Song of Songs, Chapter 2. Song of Songs, Chapter 2. Rabbi Akiva laid it down. It was from Rabbi Akiva's lips, giving instruction, having interpreted the Holy of Holies in the Scripture. Man, I get excited thinking about this. We're reading the Holy of Holies. Listen here. Verse 8, chapter 2. Remember, this is Jewish allegory, not literal interpretation. The voice of my beloved, that's the Messiah. Behold, he cometh leaping on the mountains, skipping upon the hills. You'll see what that means in a moment. Look at verse 9. My beloved, the Messiah, is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he's... Look at here. Here's where it is. Here's where Rabbi Akiva got the instruction from the Holy of Holies. Behold who? The Messiah. He standeth behind our wall. There it is. That phrase is why the Jew today, some of them wouldn't know it. The two rabbis I talked to, scholarly men, knew exactly what I was talking about. One of the reasons this scholarly rabbi that I talked to about this book, who told me he read it every Shabbat as well as Passover, said one of the reasons I read it, it's my instruction, it's my marching orders to go to the wall and have my prayers to begin a Shabbat. The Messiah stands behind the wall. Behold, he cometh like a, a deer on the mountains. He's standing behind the wall. Look what it says in verse 9. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Now, there's no window at the wall. There's no lattice in that wall. He's talking about, that's what he said in verse 8. Look, he comes like he's a row, skipping upon the mountain. I'm going to develop it in just a moment. Look here, verse 14. O my dove that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the stairs, a mountain going up the stairs. That's what he's talking about here. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. He's talking, this is the Messiah he's talking about now. Israel, standing behind the wall, looking at their Messiah. The Messiah is behind the wall. Look here, verse 17. 
until the daybreak. The shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. What's the mountains of Bether? I dug and dug and dug and I found out, you know what Bether means? Separation. And you know what that means? It's the mountain that's going to separate. Zechariah 14.4. What mountain is that? The Mount of Olives. The clefts of the rock going up the stairs. My beloved, dancing, skipping on the mountains. They stand at the wall looking at their Messiah. Wait a minute. Go back to Zechariah just a minute. Get back over there to Zechariah. Chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. Look at here. And they shall look upon him, me, whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness, agony. Check the word out in the Hebrew. As one is in bitterness over his son. And you go on down and you read ahead and it says, And they'll mourn standing behind the wall. What is that wall called? The wailing wall. Oh, that's not the right term. It's the western wall. But it's been dubbed the wailing wall because they stand there davening, praying like they're wailing. Wait a minute. Imagine in your mind this glass right here is the western wall. And the Jew comes up here in front of the western wall to pray. And they say, because that's as close as we can go to the temple. Well, why aren't they even looking at where the temple was? You stand behind this western wall, the Dome of the Rock is over there. I mean, I can take you, and I take you and my tour people to a 30-foot section that looks squarely at where the temple stood. We don't have any Jews, oh, one or two go over there. Temple Mount Faithful go over there every Friday praying for the temple. But 99 and 44% of all Jews go to the western wall, the wailing wall, standing here. Why? Rabbi Akiva read chapter 2, verse 9 of the book of Song of Songs, the Holy of Holies, and it says, Our Messiah is behind the wall, skipping on the mountain, where the windows and lattice are, where the clefts of the rock are, up the staircase on the mountain of separation. Where did I tell you the death, burial, resurrection took place? Mount of Olives. What's it called? Ha-Mashiach, the mountain of Messiah. Let me tell you something, folks. As you stand at this western wall, and if you look straight at it, not looking at where the temple stood, where the Dome of the Rock is. Straight ahead, where they say there's a size behind this wall. You look straight, and I could draw a straight line from there to the spot. 
where they pierced his hands. And today, and especially since June 7, 1967, they've been going to that western wall, looking upon him who they have pierced, unbeknowing to them. Because chronologically, that comes before. There's no bitterness when he comes back. Zechariah 3.9 says, they are saved in a day. Iniquity's gone. There's joy. What happens? They're going to enter into the period of tabernacles, rejoicing. What did Peter say? Let's set up our booths for rejoicing. It's tabernacles. No mourning. When are they mourning? Right now. Looking upon him who they have pierced at the spot where they pierced him. Chapter 12, Jerusalem, a burdensome stone, a cup of trembling. Chapter 14, well, chapter 13, they killed two out of three. Chapter 14, he comes back to the earth. Chapter 12, they stand, mourning, weeping over the one they have pierced in bitterness. We're in chapter 12. Chapter 13, Elwood told us, getting ready to happen. Chapter 14 is at least seven years from now. We're in chapter 12. It's Friday, or should I say Thursday. But Sunday's coming. Father, thank you for instruction. I pray that that my study and I'm, I'm open for my dear friends to share with me and instruct me, but I pray that this study has given new insight to where we are prophetically. Where our Jewish friends are in that which you gave Zechariah to tell him. Jerusalem, a cup of trembling, a birdsome stone. Two out of every three Jews kill. And then Messiah returns. Oh, yes. Standing, looking upon the spot where they pierced him, believing because the rabbis taught him the Messiah is behind the wall. Lord, as we dig and study and reflect and try to understand, allow the word to continue to teach us where we are in your time. Help us to grasp your plan in this time. Be willing to do your will in this time. For your glory in this time. In my precious name we pray with thanksgiving.
What an exciting study that was, and I hope and pray that it will assist you in understanding what God's Word is actually telling us about the end times as it relates to that Passion Week, the week that led up to the death, the burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has great significance prophetically. By the way, you can get your own copy of The Passion and Prophecy. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that is available. You can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from across America. Or remember, you can always go to our website, prophecytoday.com, And go to the shopping mall and make your order of our series, the five-hour audio series entitled The Passion and Prophecy. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and let me thank you one more time for joining us as we take a look at the book. You know, as we continue to study through God's prophetic passages, we become more and more aware every single day that the rapture of the church could happen that day. When Jesus will shout, the archangel will shout, the trump of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him forevermore. What a glorious day that is going to be. By the way, having said that, there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until.